Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of Beat My Guest. I'm your host, AJ Mass. If you're new to the show, each week I invite a guest to sit in the hot seat and field questions in a wide variety of topics, earning points for the episode on a scale of 1 to 100. For those of you playing along at home, you have but one task set before you, and that is to see if you can beat my guest. Mm, but before you can beat my guest, you need to beat my guest, so let's give a warm welcome to today's guest, Brendan Fitzpatrick. Brendan, how are you, sir? Hey, AJ, I'm good. I'm good. Well, thanks for having me back. I think this is my uh, fourth time on the show, and each time I've gotten progressively a little bit better, so we'll see how this one goes. Uh, you are uh, slowly uh, asymptoting towards the hypotenuse. Is that something like that? Something like that. Yeah, there's like a little bit of an angle, and it's kind of going up. Yeah, I figure by the 115th time you're in the hot seat, you'll be right, right there with the best of the best, right? Right, exactly. Like you know, I, I, I just aspire to be Jessica Lisa. I guess. <laughs> well, that's, that's my angle. <laughs> lofty goals, indeed. Uh, so, uh, anything uh, going on in your world you'd like to share uh, now that you're making a return here? It's been a while. Uh, not really. I mean, things are going pretty well. I'm, uh, you know, doing actually a little bit of podcasting myself these days with my buddy Zach Brooks. Um, I released a podcast about The Mandalorian and everything going on on Disney Plus a couple weeks ago since that launched, and that's been really fun. We're hoping to do a podcast about Star Wars and a couple other things, but. Uh, other than that, not much really. Just dipping, lightly dipping my toe back into the podcasting field. Yeah, I, I, I hadn't heard anything about Disney Plus. I'm not sure what this is. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's really it's it's just it's just Baby Yoda. It's all about Baby Yoda. It's all... <laughs> all right. Well, Brendan knows the rules. He's been here before. But in case this is your first rodeo, oh, let me go over a little bit on what we got going on here. There's going to be four rounds of trivia with four questions in each round. Before we get started in that round, I'm going to let Brendan know the categories in order they'll be using for that round. Before I read his question, he gets to lock in how many points he wishes each question to be worth. Get it right. You get the points, Brendan. It is just that simple. And there's also going to be a halftime bonus worth up to 10 points at the end of the game. You get to field what we call the confidence question. Your last chance to try to prove your final score. I will explain all of that when we get there. I will not explain why he never takes his helmet off. That's a completely different per- question for a different person to answer. Who knows? Maybe he takes it off and, oh my god, it's Anakin! Or maybe he just doesn't have any eyes. They got, like, pushed in and... Ooh, a little bit of a fight with the mountain or something like that. Yeah, something like that. Let's uh, see how many more genres we can smoosh together. We'll smoosh (laughs) things together later on. (laughs) Round one. Round one. As always, the point values available to you, Brandon, will be one, three, five, and seven. And here are the categories we're going to be using for our round one tonight. Kicking things off with movies. Following that up with Television. Moving along to that predestined mashup of which I spoke. And we're going to wrap up round one with not-so-current events. First things first over, we've got the movies on tap. The cinema, as it were. Uh, one, three, five, or seven. This is usually my strongest category, even though the last couple of times I've gotten the movie question wrong. I still want to be confident in saying that I'm good with movies. So let's start. Let's start with seven. Start it off strong. Starting off strong with seven. Uh, fortune favors the bold, I hope. right. <laughs> <laughs> Here is your seven-point movies question. What 1987 film follows the life of Joker as he transforms slowly from a wisecracking kid to a cold-blooded killer? Ooh, 1987 film follows the life of a kid named Joker 
as he goes from being a wisecracking kid to a cold-blooded killer. I definitely feel like I should know what this is, and obviously it's not a Batman movie. And it's not the Joker. Oh! Wait. When did Full Metal Jacket get released? Because there's a private Joker in that. You could be trying to throw me off by saying kid, even though he's a teenager. I think that's going to be my answer. I think I'm going to go with Full Metal Jacket, and you're referencing Private Joker. Yeah, uh, certainly we are not, as you said, uh, uh, discussing the life of any of the incarnations, be it <laughs> Nicholson to uh, Joaquin. <laughs> Nor, nor is it David Harbour as Grouch from the oh, SNL Lord. skit. <laughs> you uh, sussed out that uh, red herring, that uh, rabbit hole. Uh, this is indeed a movie from 1987 about the horrors of war. And at the end of the film, this fresh-faced young buck just is an all-out, stone-cold oh, so murderer. Matthew Modine Matthew playing... Modine. Yeah, that's what I thought. Yeah, it's Modine. Yep. yep. And the film is Full Metal Jacket. Full points for you, sir. For some reason, I always think that movie came out earlier than it did. So when you said 1987, I'd think about it for a minute. Because it feels like that movie came out in the early 80s, closer to, like, Apocalypse Now time, rather it, than... You know, all those films tend to get lumped together in, yeah. in my, my brain as well. I mean, obviously, I, I do think of Apocalypse Now more of, of you know, obviously... Yeah, that, that's got the doors in it. That's more 70s, man. And then it's like, you know, Platoon, Full Metal right. Jacket. And your Casualties of War with Michael J. Fox. Indeed. And, uh, casualties right. of, the, of the Time Wars. Uh, oh, Lord. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Viet Cong, Marty. Uh, <laughs> all right, well done, sir. Uh, Television is up next. Let's see how you tackle the small screen. Uh, right. One, three, or five? Uh, let's go five. Let's keep this reverse uh, psychology going. As we front load the uh, show with a pop culture. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Hey, Jay, what are you doing that for? They're my favorite categories. Put them later. <laughs> All right, here is your five-point television question. Speaking of Matthew Modine, uh, Matthew Modine appeared as Martin Brenner, a senior research scientist in 11 episodes of what television show? 11, you say? I believe I did, yes. Hmm, I believe that's Stranger Things. He plays the doctor who experiments on Eleven, giving her her special psychic powers in the Netflix hit series Stranger Things. Well, well, well. Look at you getting this subtle clue in there. It just so happens, yes, Matthew Modine has appeared in 11 episodes of Stranger Things. Uh, what better way to use that number as also a secret hint for those of you who are like, I don't know anything about Matthew Modine. <laughs> Stranger things have happened. Yes, Matthew Modine as Martin Brenner, a.k.a. Papa. Well done, sir. Two for two. <laughs> Easy peasy. This is such a sensitive game. I see 100 points yeah. on your horizon. This is going far too well. I need to, I need to calm down. <laughs> well, two questions left in this round. One point and three point. And we've got the mashup on top here two answers smoosh together by a common word or syllable how many points for you sir i'll go three on the mashup i think i got the mashup last time so uh better you than me to keep track of your own personal questions <laughs> fair <laughs> enough all right uh here is your mashup sir for three points an idiotic imbecile gets visited by an angel and is given a pair of magical basketball sneakers 
just prior to winning the 1954 Nobel Prize for Literature. Wow. Okay, here it is. Now you're not playing around anymore. Things just got hot. Oh, man. So, okay, so we have an idiot who's given a pair of basketball sneakers just before winning the Nobel Prize for Literature. I believe the idiot in question is probably Ernest. Ernest P. Worrell. I can't remember if he did a basketball movie. Did Ernest do a basketball movie? That's the only idiot that's coming to mind right away. So I'm going to go with it because that sounds like the plot of an Ernest movie. The problem is... Oh, okay, so what's the name of the movie? So it's probably something Ernest Hemingway. So it, what's the name of the Ernest movie where he's given a pair of shoes to play basketball? And I have no idea. I'm going to say Jump Shot Ernest Hemingway because sure. I don't know the name of whatever movie Ernest did that involved basketball. I know I'm so close. It's tearing me apart, Lisa. <laughs> Stay in your room and I'll let you out later. So, you know, it is wonderful that uh, you are able to uh, pretty much piece this together about as well as anyone can. Uh, an idiotic imbecile started out as a commercial pitch man and then suddenly was given feature film after feature film after feature film. So many that it's easy for yeah. some of these plots to just fall through the cracks. I mean, we all know that Ernest saved Christmas. Absolutely. We, he went all... to summer camp. That was great. He was sure. scared stupid. That was great. Exactly. <laughs> uh, and yes, you are absolutely correct that the Nobel Prize for Literature in 1954, if you know you're working off Ernest, is got to be Ernest Hemingway. Ernest Hemingway. However, <laughs> you just picked the wrong type of spot on the floor to take your basket. Oh, Mr. Worrell is visited by an angel, given a pair of magical basketball sneakers, and leads his team to the NBA crown. <laughs> oh, my lord. In Slam Dunk Ernest Hemingway. Oh, so close. Slam Dunk Ernest. Oh, that makes so much more sense. Oh, uh, bummer. The so only thing that would have made that film any better, uh, as, as apart from this, what I'm sure was a straight-to-video uh, piece of... of sure it was. Mwah, that it was, is if Sinbad was a genie and had given him the sneakers. But no. No, no, no. No, no, no. Was not to be. Although oh, I, that is hilarious. All right. The devious nature of the mashup has gotten you. Ha ha, the perfect game is over. But tish tish, we still have a question left in round one. And it's only worth one point. So you know what? If you get it right, get it wrong. It's not going to kill you one way or the other. Are you ready for your not-so-current event? Absolutely. This is a question that may perhaps sound like something going on in the news currently, but actually took place... A year ago, this is from November of 2018, tight races for governor in the southeast of the United States. There were talks of a recount. However, Ron DeSantis and Brian Kemp ended up winning their respective crowns. To get your point, name either losing candidate in those elections. Oh, that is a good question. And I know I watched the election results on both of those. Now I just have to remember, I believe DeSantis was Virginia, but I can't remember if this was the Senate race or the governor race, where it was McAuliffe and him, or McAuliffe and somebody. But that's the first name that's coming to, to mind, and my gut has gotten me somewhere two out of three times so far. 
So I'm going to keep going with it, and I'm going to say Terry McAuliffe. Well, uh, you know, this time around, of course, everyone was watching Kentucky, and, you know, we just had Louisiana, and, like, you know, so the Southeast, tight governor's races, uh, certainly. Uh, no stranger to 2019. However, this was 2018. Yeah. And uh, it was key in these states. The states in question here were Georgia and uh, Florida. Yeah. <laughs> Georgia one, of course, is potential vice presidential candidate, depending on who wins and what they want to do with it. But Stacey Abrams and the Florida loser has thrown his hat into the presidential ring for the Democrats. His name is Andrew Gillum. Ah, Gillum. See, I I wouldn't have gotten that one. I should have gotten the uh, I should have gotten the Stacey Abrams one. I couldn't remember. I didn't I didn't pick up on it that that was the person she lost to. So that's. That's one where it just pops in your head immediately or not, you know. Absolutely. And, you know, it's been a year. It's just, you know, it's so hard to retain these things over a year. And yet, once you hear it, you go, well, of course. Well, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah, it was great. The Florida election, of course, you know, uh, Gillum had this ring in his hand and someone stole it from him. The last (laughs) count of votes and, you know, he's been looking for his precious ever. Never mind. Uh, if only he had carried the Shire. I mean, you would have thought. Yeah, let's just start with the Gillumses. Not a bad round, though, Brandon. I mean, Not you know. Bad. Two, two, out of, two out of four. Two out of four. And, the and then they, were, they were the top two, exactly. 12 yeah. points out of a possible 16. Uh, that's a pretty good way to start. We're going to move on to round two. I'm going to increase those points that are available to you. I'm going to move up from one, three, five, and 7 to 2, 4, 6, and 8. Tick, tick, tick. The temperature goes up just a little bit hotter. Here are the categories. We're going to be using round two. We're going to kick things off with the sorting hat. Hooray! Gryffindor! Move along to A Around the World. Followed up with Who Done It? And we are going to wrap up round two and the first half with Audio Hodgepodge, which admittedly is a bit of a lifestyle. Indeed it is. Let's kick things off with the sorting hat. Two, four, six, or eight. Cool. Um, the sorting hat is a literal grab bag, so I'm going to go with uh, four. I'm going to start with four on this one. All right, four points for ye oldie sorting hat. I am going to give you three items, and you must sort them in order of... Well, I'm going to tell you what the order is I'm looking for here. <laughs> it could be anything. could be, uh, you know, youngest to oldest, richest to poorest, but in this case... It is going to be most recent occurrence to uh, longest ago occurrence. Okay. So, however you want to parse that, the most recent to longest ago that these three states elected a Republican governor. Okay. A. Delaware. B. New York. C. Washington. Please sort them in order of the most recent. To the longest ago that they had a Republican governor. This is a great, great question. Uh, two of the three of those you generally think of as being Democrat leaning for the most part. So, but did they have? But the governor race is always tricky in states. Like people seem to really remember states being blue for their senators, and for where they swing in a presidential election. But there are a lot of like states that are predominantly blue that still end up electing Republican governors. So it's a really it's a really tricky thing. Yikes. This is and Delaware and New York are predominantly thought of as 
Democratic states for the most part. I can't think of who the current governors... Well, I know who the current governors of Delaware and New York are, but I don't think either of them are Republicans at this point. I'm kind of going to shoot in the dark here, and I'm going to have to say, most recently, New York, then Washington, then Delaware. New York, then Washington, then Delaware, or B, C, A, if those of you wrote it down as A, B, and C. All right. Well, you are indeed correct that uh, Delaware, New York currently, uh, in fact, all three of these states currently have Democratic governors. So it isn't as simple as now. <laughs> correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, we have uh, John Carney is the current governor of Delaware. Newsmaker Andrew Cuomo yep. is the uh, governor of New York. And Jay Inslee is the governor of Washington. It's been a while. It's been a while for uh, some of these states. It's been a while. Uh, so, uh, New York in 2006 had a governor who once uh, was on that uh, 76,000 member Republican stage of debates, George Pataki. That's a... Yeah, so that is the most recent. You are correct. In 1993, Delaware last had a Republican with Dale Wolf. The question is, when did Washington last have a Republican? His name was John Spellman, and he last held office way back in 1985. Yikes. It is the oh, bluest of the three. B-A-C, a New York, a Washington, it. Delaware. Oh, so close. Bummer. I flipped it. I flipped the second two. I was really I, I, confident in New York, so... You would think, like you said, uh, it's... it's yeah. that, uh, I certainly wasn't going to include New Jersey. Right, right, right. <laughs> we just got rid of them. I got a bridge to New Jersey I want to sell you. The Around the World is next. You have a two, you have a six, you have an eight. Two for Around the World. Two for Around the World. This is a fun question, I think. You may not find it as fun because you have to come up with the answer for it, and I don't. <laughs> two points for Around the World. In what country can you find the MKKP, or Two-Tailed Dog Party, <laughs> a party which has the stated goals of giving away parts of the nation to their neighbors, opening up a restaurant on Mars, and a very strict anti-anti-immigration policy? One of their recent candidates appeared on a local newscast dressed as a chicken. Fun. <laughs> um, let's see. Let me think about this. There is, I feel like the chicken thing they was featured on last week tonight at a certain point, and I'm trying to remember what country that was, but I honestly can't remember. And I'm trying to think how this could connect to the previous question, where it was New York, Delaware, and Washington, but I'm not quite seeing right off the bat how they might connect to a foreign country. I'm just going to have to take a shot in the dark for a country that has all of these policies, and it sounds like they kind of just want to do the opposite of whatever the U.S. is doing and want to be crazy, think I'm going to have to go with our neighbors to the north of Canada. Okay, Canada is your answer. Uh, the connection to the previous question was simply we were talking political parties, Democrats, okay. Republicans. So yeah. I wanted to find the most ridiculous political party I could. <laughs> And this one's quite right up there. Uh, I've watched the video of uh, the candidate. 
Uh, apparently, all candidates who uh, are from a party that gets a certain amount of support in the previous election are required by law in this country to get equal time on uh, this newscast where they interview all the major ticket okay. candidates. And he came, uh, this this recent party's candidate came dressed as a chicken. Uh, this was the 2018 election and uh, basically answered every question with pretty much... <laughs> Fantastic. I love it. Uh, they did finish uh, in seventh place in the parliamentary vote, uh, with which uh, translates to 1.7% of nice. the entire vote. However, that was not enough for them to actually win any seats in legislature. Maybe next time around. <laughs> I hope so. Uh, maybe, maybe someday Dr. Manhattan will get that restaurant on Mars uh, from the two-tailed dog party of Hungary. Wow. <laughs> Hungry? Eat more chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my lord. I don't think I would have gotten there with ten guesses. Yeah, I I, I do find the uh, delicious irony of the dog party (laughs) (laughs) dressing as a chicken. (laughs) That is pretty funny. I like it. Uh, Who Done It is next. Who Done It? A little biographical blurb of which you must uh, suss out the identity of the person it describes. You have the two big ones left, six and eight. What say ye, sir? Uh, let's go with eight, just in case. And I think I want to save the six for audio hodgepodge, so let's go with eight. Sounds like a plan. Eight points for who done it. Here is your eight-point whodunit question. This Scottish-born author only began writing at the age of 50 after a long career as a veterinarian. His books included Moses the Kitten, One yeah. Big Wolf, and All Creatures, Great and Small. Who done it? Oh, I've heard of all of these books, and I know All Creatures, Great and Small. And now I'm going to kill myself because I have no idea what the name of the author is. But I know that that was definitely a book that I saw as a kid. Unless I'm thinking of some song or something called All Creatures, Great and Small. They could be that, too. But then... I honestly have no idea, but it sounds like a prolific children's author who probably did, like, really cool illustrations as well as little stories. Um, I'm going to go with Shel Silverstein. Not sure Shel Silverstein comes off as Scottish to me. <laughs> who knows? You never know. I know. It's true. I, don't, I couldn't think of any Scottish authors, so he could be born in a different country with a different origin of name you know absolutely absolutely a military base somewhere you know how many how many people are born in Wiesbaden, germany and uh, just just they're on the base i got you i got you john McEnroe, one of those people um so yeah you know this is a guy who wrote about wrote about animals and uh, all creatures great and small is the title that was the huge bestseller all over the world and uh his name on birth was James Alfred White, that's W-I-G-H-T, not uh, W-H-I-T-E or any other spelling that you want to come up with because, you know, homonyms, fun. Uh, But his better-known name, his nom de plume, if you will, James Harriet. Because they're in a single bell, so don't feel so bad about that one. But that's a bummer that I did eight points. Well, it is, it is. But, you know, when you end up getting them all wrong and around... That's fair, that's fair. Does the sorting really matter? I don't Call it a draw. All right, you know what? We started off hot. I'm glad you weren't very cocky at the beginning, because uh, I could take you down quite a few pegs here. Oh, I know you could. (laughs) Uh, I'm not going to do that, because we have the Hadio Hodgepodge left. Still one more chance for you to uh, avoid the goose egg here for round two. 
as you know, here's how Audio Hodgepodge works. I am going to uh, ask you a question. That's kind of how trivia games work. This time, however, I'm going to then play a clip for you. And the idea is, after you hear the clip, you're going to have a better idea on what the answer might be than you did before you heard the clip. If it all comes together, you'll get the right answer there. Your mileage may vary. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Six points. Audio hodgepodge. Here is your question, sir. What film series ended its second installment with the following song being sung in St. Patrick's Cathedral? Because it's about creatures great and small. So my brain immediately went, like, it's got to be some kind of children's movie, like an animated movie. But then the voice at the end completely threw me off. And so, for some reason, I'm thinking that it's... Jeez, oh, I don't know. For some reason, that voice sounded... It's not Harry Potter, but it's definitely something I probably know that's in that same realm. And maybe the praising of all creatures great and small is kind of ironic, given the circumstances of the film. So maybe that's what they're going for here. Like a Handmaid's Tale type situation? Or a Hunger Games type situation? Where the irony is that they're battling each other and having to kill each other to survive, and then at the end they all come together and sing a song. And get put back into whatever cage they came out of before. Before they do the next battle. So maybe that's... I've never seen a Hunger Games. I don't know if I'm describing it accurately or not. <laughs> I could just be completely wrong about what a Hunger Games is. But this feels like something like that. Where it's like a young adult to kids series of movies. And it's not like... It's not Toy Story. It's not Cars. It's not, you know, anything like that. And it's not Harry Potter. That I can recall. I don't recall that. Although the voice did kind of sound like Alan Rickman but I don't think it was, and I don't think it's a Harry Potter. It's not Lord of the Rings. It's not Star Wars. I'm trying to think of other major franchises. It's not any of those. The only one I keep coming back to that I don't, that I haven't seen is Hunger Games, so I'm going to have to say it's the second film of the Hunger Games movies, but I don't even know what the subtitle of that movie is. If I say Hunger Games, is that acceptable? Uh, I asked for the film series, not the name of the film. So I'm going to say Hunger Games. Hunger Games is your answer. I believe the second film is Catching Fire of the Hunger Games. Uh, it's not the Hunger Games. <laughs> okay, well, I went a long way through a wrong answer. I'm going to rip the band-aid off real quick. Yeah, later. that's fine. Uh, that's fine. I have no idea what this is then. Yeah, the second Hunger Games. Uh, well, it actually, 
It, it very well could. The, the Second Conquer games, they don't actually finish the games. There's there's like a jailbreak kind of situation okay. there at the end, and several of the contestants escape, and they do head off to a bunker. So you're not entirely, you know, I'm going to I'm going to massage this into making you're you look a little less foolish here. Fine. You already ripped the bandaid off, AJ. <laughs> Yeah, after they finished their first film with an incredible twist ending that still stands the test of time today, uh, they had to come, for some reason the studio said, hey, we need a second one now. And like, well, there is no second one. Like, well, you have to come up with a second one. Well, but there is no second one. Like, come up with a second one. So the best they could do is they came up with the fact that when, when mankind blew themselves up to kingdom come as a result of the nuclear warhead, uh, one warhead remained, and it it was residing in the bowels of of St. Patrick's Cathedral, and there was a bunch of humans who actually survived and worshipped the bomb. And they actually, if you listen very carefully in the audio clip, they actually don't say the Lord God; they say the Lord Bomb made <laughs> made us all. Uh, they are all these these humans who, when they take they take off their faces at the end of the film to to reveal that they are actually grotesquely uh, deformed from radiation, and they're about to launch another bomb. Uh, oh, wonderful. On the planet of the apes. What? Some yes. planet of the apes? This is the Crazy. second film in the planet of the apes. And the first film, of course, you know, infamously, Charlton Heston. Yeah, you damn you. Just oh, so this is the, I was like, okay, I haven't seen all of the old ones. So that's why, yeah. This definitely isn't the newer ones. No, <laughs> no. This is the 1970 Beneath the Planet of the Apes where they sing church songs. Wow. Wild. <laughs> yeah, it's it's it, oof, oof, and may I add, oof. Yeah, Heston's in it for like thirty Yikes. seconds, and then and and literally his character vanishes into thin air and isn't there until the like the final scene when you said, "Hey, you you sign on for a sequel? I'm not doing it. You, you have to do at least one scene." Fine. <laughs> right, right. right. <laughs> uh, not good. Wild. Not good. Oh man. You, well, you know what else was good? <laughs> that round. Yeah, <laughs> thank you for picking up that segue, sir. Uh, hang on, I got to do some math here. Glad Zero. I picked something up this round. Carry the the the. But the, the, the. All right, but look, still twelve points. Twelve Not points. Bad. That's what Not I bad. usually have halfway through the game, anyway. So a, a triple Tristan, if you track. will. <laughs> and now we're heading into half. Here's how halftime works. No longer is it a partial credit. No, no. Yep. I am going to give you the name of a top ten list. You must give me a guess, one and only one guess, as to one of the items on that list. If you give me the number one overall answer, you will get one point. Number two answer, two points, and so on and so forth to the number ten answer, which will be worth ten points. But be careful, for if you give me an answer that is not on the list, a.k.a. from 11 onward, no points. (laughs) Risk-reward at its finest, sir, here is the list we're going to be using for today's halftime bonus. According to the World Atlas, I have the list of the top 10 most populous primate species in the world. Ooh. All you have to do is decide which one you want to shoot for the points on. Take a few minutes to think about what you're going to say, and we will be back after the break. If you'd like to support Beat My Guest, helping to make more episodes like this possible, please consider becoming a patron. Check out patreon.com slash beatmyguest for details. And now back to me for the second half of this week's episode. 
And welcome back to Beat My Guest. My guest this week is Brendan Fitzpatrick. When we last left Brendan, he was sitting on 12 points, not too shabby. And he was working on the following halftime bonus. According to the World Atlas, the most populous primate species in the world that is approximated as of 2019. Uh, Brandon, whenever you are ready, please let me know what yeah. primate species you would like to hinge your hopes on. Yeah, so I'm going to talk this out a little. Like, I, um, I think four out of the five that I wrote down here in my notes are probably in the top ten. It's a matter of where they land. And I wrote down five. So we've got gorillas, chimpanzees, the gibbon, the baboon, and the orangutan. I feel like the gibbon is probably automatically out and not in the top ten at all. Because I think they're a rarer species. So that leaves me with gorillas, which I believe are probably the most the most populous, actually. So I don't want to say gorilla. And I don't want to say chimps, because I feel like chimpanzees are also probably more populous. They're probably in the top five for sure, which leaves me with baboons or orangutans. And I always had an affinity for Dr. Zaius, and so I'm going to go with the orange, usually, orangutan, and see how many points that's going to get me. Yeah, well, of course, there's always that risk. The orangutan is your answer. Help me, Dr. Zaius. Ooh, <laughs> ooh. Help me, Dr. Zayas. Dr. Zayas, Dr. Zayas. And one of my favorite comedy bits of all time mm-hmm. is if you find, if, please, folks, find this YouTube video. It is comedian Dana Gould as Dr. Zayas, as Hal Holbrook, as Mark <laughs> Twain. When I was a boy <laughs> in Hannibal, Missouri. My comrades and I had but one goal. The destruction of the vile pestilence known as man. And to be a steamboatman. The number one, for one point, most populous primate species in the world is you. Is me. Human. Humans. I didn't even consider it because I figured it was, you know, without saying. Well, it does not go without saying, but it goes with only one point, so it's okay if you didn't say it. (laughs) Number two is a particular breed called the Muller's Bornean Gibbon. Yeah. I remember those gibbons on Borneo, but I thought they were uh, less... I I would have thought there there were fewer of them, so I discounted them pretty immediately. Apparently, they flourish. Wow. Three... A breed of primate known as the gelada. Hmm. Okay. Don't Not a gelato, they... but a gelada? Yeah, they, yeah. they come from Italy and they're very cold. No, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> Four is one that you said. The common chimpanzee. A five. The western gorilla. Six. Also from the island of Borneo. The orangutan, six points yes. for you, sir. Well done. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, yes, for you. those of you playing along at home, however, we will continue the list just because you may still have points on the table for you. In seventh, something called the Metawai Langur. Nope. In eighth, the Bonobo. Ninth, the Kloss 
Gibbon. So if I had just said Gibbons, you would have given me the two points. And not I would have given you the two point one if you did not specify. Yeah. I would have. I would. I would have given you the uh, the opportunity to specify, and had you not, you would have gotten right. The and I would have. And I would have just looked dumber. So yes. <laughs> and in tenth place, there was a tie. So give yourselves ten points if you said either the red-eared Gwenin, not the red-eared Guinan. She's in ten forward. This is the red-eared Gwenin or the Nilgiri Langer. Okay, well, glad I didn't go with baboons. Exactly. They were the one that I thought would be low on the list, but were actually on the list, so glad I didn't uh, go with baboons. A great baboo yeah. would have gotten you a great big yeah. goose egg. Yes, oh, indeed. Ba-ba-booey. <laughs> uh, six points, however. Nicely done. That mm, is uh, increasing your score by half on top of what you had, which is great. Twelve coming into pre- to the halftime, 12 points. Going out at halftime with 18 points. Pretty, pretty good there, sir. How are you feeling as we head into uh, round three now? Excited. Very excited. Let's keep going. More ape questions. No, I, I'm no. sorry. No, no, I'm sorry. Game's over. We're not going to keep going. You, you, you've you done too well. I'm sorry. The hot seat is closed. No, of course. <laughs> we're going to keep going in round three. Now, the point values, they are going to stay the same. Two, four, six, and eight. However, those categories are going to be a little bit different. Here's what we're working on today. Kicking things off with analogies. Moving on to sports. Following that up with music, and we're going to wrap up round three with Odd Man Out. Analogies is up first. Two, four, six, or eight. Uh, let's do four for analogies. Four for analogies. Good luck, sir. And here is your analogy. Fruit of the Loom is <laughs> to Berkshire Hathaway as Bonobos is to yeah. what? Okay, so... Fruit of the Loom is an underwear company. Berkshire Hathaway is probably the parent company of Fruit of the Looms. Bonobos is a podcast sponsor, but I believe they're also a sock company. They do socks. The question is, who is the parent company? I think that's what I'm going for, is who the parent company of Bonobos is, because they're probably a subsidiary of some larger clothing company, clothing manufacturer, but I don't know who it is. That's that's my best guess, and once again, my gut my gut has been about fifty fifty so far today. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, Bergdahlum is an underwear company. Bonobos is, I think they're a sock company. I've I've heard them on podcasts, and I, but I am like mixing them up with somebody else is the question. Bonobos is not an official sponsor. I'm gonna have to go with something here, aren't I? And I'm gonna have to say that Bonobos is probably owned by... I have no idea. Uh, Ralph Lauren. Ralph Lauren is yeah, your answer. That's going to be my answer. Lock it in. And let's be clear. Let's be clear, Brendan. Uh, there are no sponsors. No. No. No, no, no sponsors no. at all. No. <laughs> not sponsors. Every half time. Hashtag not a sponsor. But, you know, hey, you know, I'm sure Bonobos produces nothing but the finest in uh, men's apparel. Uh, so, uh, hey, go shop. <laughs> so, you are absolutely correct that Fruit of the Loom being a uh, clothing, uh, we, we know their underwear, t-shirts, that kind of thing. For Loom certainly is clothing, apparel, if you will. A subsidiary of the parent company, Berkshire Hathaway. So I am asking you, Bonobos, also men's apparel, what is their parent company? And the answer that we were looking for that would have completed the analogy is Walmart. Really? Really? Wow, Bonobos is owned by Walmart? I had no idea about that. That's incredible. Research. <laughs> wow, I would, never have, I would never have thought of that. That's insane. 
And even more insane is the fact that you still have three questions left in this round. <laughs> and you are oh, on man. a seven-question losing streak. No, no, this hey. turns around right here. Except for the halftime. The line must be drawn here. No fun, though. Sports. Two, six, or eight. Uh, let's go six for sports. Good luck. Here is your sports question. He went 86-4 and four during his college career. And he was drafted by both the Dallas Chaparrales in 1973 and the San Diego Conquistadors in 1974, declining to sign both times. Who is this basketball legend? Okay, so we just ended a, ended Walmart. We're looking for some sort of connection. So there's a couple of names that come to mind when you think Walmart and then you try to transpose that into some sort of basketball name. And the first one that comes to mind is Bill Walton. But I don't know if that's the right decade for Bill Walton. But he's the first name that comes to mind. And I can't think of another Walt that was a basketball player. Although there's also, it could be Sam something. But I can't think of a prolific Sam either. So I'm gonna have to go with the great Bill Walton. Bill Walton is your answer well uh, when you're talking basketball in this particular era meaning the early 70s you are talking ucla that is the one and only thing that you can talk about they won every ncaa basketball championship for years uh and they went undefeated for a number of seasons including uh twice in a row while this particular player was a sophomore and junior, you could not play as a freshman back then. Uh, lost a couple of games, four in fact, as a senior after his junior was was drafted number one by the upstart ABA Dallas team. And he said, nope, going back to school. And then San Diego, he said, nope, going, going back to school. Uh, and eventually he did sign with the Portland Trailblazers when the NBA came calling. He would play many years, become an announcer, you know him as Bill Walton. Well done. Bill Walton is yes. your six points for you. Nicely done and nicely connected. Thank you. It's about time I got some of the themes of this going. <laughs> <laughs> there's usually a stream of Not always. It's not a 100% thing, but there's usually a stream of consciousness there. Unfortunately, sometimes it's in the question and there's little you can do to help you. But this time it wasn't the answer. Right. You nailed it, Walton. Walmart. Huzzah. Uh, music. Music is up next. You have your two. You have your eight. Can I get two on music? Well, I guess since I am giving you an option. I just say please. Please. Okay. Yes, you may hit you and music. Are you not feeling confident about music? I'm never confident about music, AJ. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, I think you'll uh, be happy to hear that there are multiple answers to this question. And all you have to do is give me one. Here is your two-point music question. Speaking of Portland... As we kind of were, because Bill Walton mm -hmm. played for Portland. If you want proof that successful artists can indeed come from there, name for me either the band with a mainstream rock number one tune from 1996 or the singer with the number one adult contemporary song from 2013, both of whom hail from Portland. Yikes. 1996 is going to be like right as grunge has started to turn into alt-rock, soft-rock. A lot of West Coast bands becoming prominent during that time. What band was from Portland, though? Try to think of a West Coast band that wasn't from 
San Francisco or Seattle. Um, it's actually from Portland. I'm going to say, although, and I don't think I'm going to get anywhere on the adult contemporary side unless it's someone like a Sam Smith type. Someone in that neighborhood, like a Sam Smith or those kind of guys. I'm going to go with, wait, actually, is Matchbox 20 from Portland? Rob Thomas from Portland, Oregon. He might be. I don't know why that just popped in my brain. I'm going to say it. I'm going to go with Matchbox 20. Matchbox 20. Now that you came up with that on your own, I didn't push you, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. I will. I will. And and you will. Uh, <laughs> now, to be clear, Brendan, mm. I said that both of these artists hail from Portland. I never specified which Portland. Uh, ah, one, one was from Oregon. And one was from Maine. The one from Maine was the adult contemporary artist from 2013. A song in question, a little ditty called Cups, and it was produced by Anna Kendrick. Okay. Who was from Portland, Maine? What they got in in a million years. Uh, The question reads, if you want proof that successful artists can come from there, proof, alcohol, Everclear. Oh, geez, yeah, I wasn't getting there. I wasn't getting that connection. You got me. Good job. Although, ironically, the number one song in question is Santa Monica. (laughs) (laughs) We're not in Portland anymore. No, no, and no. (laughs) Folks, it's been good. The run, the run, it couldn't have lasted forever. Could have lasted for more than one question, but it couldn't have lasted forever. (laughs) (laughs) But you still have an eight-point question sitting here. And the best thing is, is that this one's multiple choice. I love it. Here is your odd man out. Here's how it works. I'm going to give you four names, items, what have you. You must simply tell me which of the four is the odd man out. And it is going to be for reasons. It's not going to be something super simple. Here are your four names. Jack Black. Steve Martin. Woody Alan, Zoe Deschanel. Which one is the odd man out? Okay, what did Jack Black, Woody Allen, Steve Martin, Zoe Deschanel possibly have in common with each other? Well, with all of them except one, yes. Right, oh, well, that's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't think they're all from the same city. Woody Allen's from New York. Jack Black, I don't believe, is from New York. Steve Martin's not from New York. Zoe Deschanel could be from New York. Could be something with their names. Black, Martin, Allen, Deschanel. No. Could the first names have something in common and not necessarily have to do with their actual full name? These be the first names of main characters from Disney movies. So you have Woody from Toy Story. Jack. No, I don't think that's think it's anything like that. I don't think it's anything that obscure. It could be. Oh, could these be Five Timers Club for SNL? That's something. I know some of them, all of them have appeared on SNL multiple times except Woody Allen I doubt has hosted five times. Jack Black probably has. Zoe Deschanel probably has. Steve Martin definitely has. You know what? That's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with these are members of the Five Timers Club minus Woody Allen. And so Woody Allen is the odd man out. Unfortunately, that is nowhere near the right direction. <laughs> oh, well. It was the best I could come up with. It was fun watching you 
fun watching you try and get there. Absolutely. <laughs> so it's Zoe because she's a girl. No, I'm kidding. It's a yeah, that's why I dismissed it. <laughs> a new girl, in fact. No. Uh, yeah. So these are all, all four of them, actor types right. who have been nominated for Grammys. And three of them have won. So we're looking for the odd man out would be the one of these four who has not actually won a Grammy. Jack Black has been nominated three times and won for Best Metal Performance. Yep. Steve Martin has been nominated 15 times. He's actually won five Grammys, including for Country and for Bluegrass. Yep. Has Woody Allen won for stand-up? He has not won for stand-up. He has won for soundtrack compilation for visual medium. Oh, that is the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> and Zoe Deschanel has been nominated for a Grammy uh, for the animated version of Winnie the Pooh. No wins. Zoe is the Ziggy. And odd uh, man. Bummer. And see, the, you, that's a tricky one because I immediately eliminated her thinking you weren't going to go with her as the answer because she's naturally by the selection and odd man out. So you like reverse engineered her to be the odd man out. Uh, sure. sure, we'll go with that. Yeah. It's ridiculous. <laughs> really, I just said, hey, Anna Kendrick, she's an actress. Who else has been out here? Who else has done something in music? That's all. Unfortunately, did not get that one. Yes. Reverse engineer or not. Don't try and game theory me, man. Right? <laughs> you can't outfox the fox. Six points, though, in that round. It was not a complete loss. Just as many as you got in halftime. Hey, not too bad. Going to add that six to the 18. 18 plus six. 24! Sticking with multiples of six. 24 points. We're running out of time. Hoop, <laughs> speep, spoop, speep. Round four is up next, however. Right. And here's where it gets exciting, because the point values, they're going to be as high as possible. Three, five, seven, and nine. And here are the categories, Brendan, we're going to be using in round four. Kicking things off with everybody's favorite category, I deafen grandma. <laughs> and then we have science. Moving along to fungo. And we're going to wrap things up with by the book. But first things first in this round, I deafen Grandma 3, 5, 7, or 9. Uh, 5 on that. 5. I think I kind of understand I deafen Grandma, but I'm not willing to risk a higher uh, percentage on it. I don't know why people don't understand it. I can get why it's hard. But uh, mm. simply put, I deafen Grandma is our anagram question. I am going to read you a clue. Now, you can answer this clue just fine, just based on the clue <laughs> alone. I promise it is possible. However, by way of a secondary hint, in the clue itself are words in order. That anagram to the correct answer. It's a little double check for you, a little Aaron Rodgers discount double check, if you will. <laughs> but you don't need it. But it's there. But you don't need it. But it's there. But you don't need it. Ah, at gmail.com anyway <laughs> five points here is your I deafen grandma one of the biggest enemies to the likes of Matt Lauer and Harvey Weinstein by far no narrow examination of the Me Too movement can avoid including this young journalist alright so I Honestly, have not um, done my due diligence in reading as much about the news on this as I probably should have, and that's to my own detriment and discredit. So I don't have the names on the top of my head for 
all of the accusers of Matt Lauer and Harvey Weinstein, unfortunately. So, you know, I have, you know, I have all of, you know, I, I know Ronan Farrow is the journalist who broke it. Oh, it could be Ronan Farrow. Could this be Ronan Farrow? Trying to think if that fits the autograph. This could be Ronan. The only name that's coming to hand to mind is Ronan Farrow. Yeah, because there's nothing in here that is gender specific that it has to be one or the other of male or female. It's all non, yeah, non-binary. So I'm going to say Ronan Farrow because that's the best I could come up with. And I believe he was pretty instrumental in breaking the Harvey Weinstein story, so... Yeah, Ronan Farrow. Ronan Farrow is your answer. And if you look right there in the text itself, you'll see far no narrow. Far no narrow. (laughs) You take the F from the far, throw it on the arrow, leaving you with A-R-N-O-N. Ronan Farrow is the correct answer, sir. Well remembered. Well thought. And you didn't need the anagram. No, I did not. (laughs) <laughs> Again, just a nice little double check. And let's be clear, he's not Frank Sinatra's son. No, he's not at all. <laughs> he gets that all the time. Great. Dooby dooby doo. Dooby dooby doo. Can't imagine where I spun that off from. Woody Allen. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> that also should have that also should have assured me that I was on the right track with yeah. Rhoda Farrow. Yeah. There there is that, yes. Yeah. Science is up next. You have your three, you have your seven, you have your nine, you have your choice. Hmm, science. Let's go seven for science. Seven for science, all right, sir. Here is your seven-point science question. DNA tests, which are used to determine paternity, use a comparison of 15 different what in genetic samples of both the purported father and child? Um, I believe they're chromosomes because they have to... You get a certain amount of your chromosomes from your mother and a certain amount of your chromosomes from your father, and that determines all of your traits. So in order to match paternity, you would need to match those first, I believe. That's the first thing that's coming to mind is chromosomes. So I'm going to just go with that and say chromosomes because that's the first thing. I know those also determine gender. I believe you get those from your parents. So I'm going to say chromosomes. Yeah. Chromosomes yeah. is your answer, sir. And uh, certainly, you know, we, we often talk about when we are talking about gender, it's the, well, are you XX or XY? And so the X chromosome or the Y chromosome, which you get from your father, splits off. And, you know, whether you get the double X makes you uh, genetically female or genetically male if you have the XY. And, of course, there are other permutations of that because we know genetics is a complicated uh, beast. Unfortunately... It is way too all-encompassing to say chromosome. Chromosomes uh, are broken down into much smaller little bits. Okay. That makes uh, sense. And you take I knew it, it felt like too easy of an answer when I said it. And Certainly for round four. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Uh, yeah, they, they compare certain uh, specific locus markers on the chromosomes that yeah. are, are rare. Uh, and therefore, if it matches these specific ones the only way it could match with somebody else uh and they they've they've taken the 15 matches that if they match it's practically it's there's no way it's not your father like it's like a 99.98 percent yes which is why they use these particular and they're called alleles oh okay interesting 
Of course, uh, a far less accurate test, but uh, much more common is, of course, the Maury Povich test. Where right, you just go on a show, and he just opens up and says, you are not the father. <laughs> and there's a five-minute fight, and, or someone runs off to backstage, running out their shoes. Oh, it's delightful. People bashing each other outside. I mean, you know. I, I mean, and people wonder what Connie Chung saw in him. I mean, uh, you are not having a current affair. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> All right, then. Fun uh, go. Yes. Is this fun? Where did the fun go? <laughs> Where did the fun go? You have the high and the low again. Three and nine. What say you for fun go? Let's see. Um, the final one is by the book. Um, let's go with three, and we'll end the round with my biggest next. So we'll go right. Three points for Fungo. Good luck. Here is your question. As always, three clues. Disparate in nature, but alike in dignity, all pointing towards the same singular answer. Clue number one. Degrassi character, played by Neil Hope. Clue number two. Detroit team that went 1-13 in their only season in the WFL, during which they went bankrupt. Clue number three. Slang cohort of chariot or rattle trap. <laughs> I have no idea because I guess I uh, I know nothing about Degrassi. I don't know what a chariot and a rattle trap are, and I don't know what mascots could be. I guess I need to think of a character from Degrassi, but don't know any characters from Degrassi, so that's I'm off to a poor start already, and I don't even know where to end. I'm glad I took the lower points on this one. Chariot and Rattletrap. I don't even know where to go with that or where those names come from. So maybe just think of a sports mascot. Maybe I'll just need to think of a common sports mascot that might get me. You could have a character on a show like Degrassi whose nickname is Bear. And maybe he's friends with Chariot and Rattletrap. And maybe it's also the um, mascot. So I'll go with Bear. Bear is your answer. I'm in your boat, quite frankly. I mean, the only thing, really the only thing I know about Degrassi is Canadian and Drake. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that's all I do, Drake. Uh, It's no scum. Oh, wait, no, this is not Robin Akiva. Sorry. I even listened to a podcast about Degrassi, and I still can't tell you anything about it. No, I I know nothing about it. Uh, Although, you know, in in, in researching this, apparently Neil Hope played this character who uh, was in a band and uh, was arrested and sent to jail for vehicular homicide for a drunk driving incident. Ouch. Uh, Is that how Drake was in a wheelchair for... I, you know, that's what I thought, but no, it had yeah. nothing to do with that. Because he was in Next okay. Generation. This is the original uh, Degrassi. Got it, got it, got it. Oh, so I guess I know that much. But uh, Yeah, that's that's exactly what I know. <laughs> uh, a chariot or a rattle trap are both simply slang terms for your car. Okay. Your chariot awaits, madame. And the Detroit... Uh, team. Well, Detroit, of course, you know, is very much the Motor City. Uh, they had a team that went 1-13 and, 13 and uh, ran out of money, couldn't play its players, and so they uh, went defunct. Uh, the league went defunct, the World Football League, just shortly thereafter anyway, so no big loss. They just didn't finish the season. We are looking in all three cases here for the word wheels. Oh, terrible yeah. nickname. Yeah. Foiled by the wheels. Uh, what can you do? See, because there's an irony there that the guy nicknamed Wheels yeah. was charged with vehicular manslaughter, whatever, homicide. I don't know. I don't know the Canadian legal system, so. <laughs> Good nickname for a Detroit football team, though, so. Yeah, if, 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 if only they had paid their players. <laughs> right, right. 
<laughs> All right. One question left. But, oh my goodness, the stakes could not be higher. It is your nine-pointer, sir. Let's go. It is by the book. Here's how it works. I am going to give you the year of publication of a book, and then I'm going to give you four chapter titles from same book. All you have to do, tell me what book it is, and you get nine points. Here you go, sir. The year, come with me, if you will, (laughs) to 1898. Okay. And here are your four chapters. How I Reached Home. Wreckage. What I Saw of the Destruction of Weybridge and Shepperton. The cylinder opens. So this is definitely a shipwreck novel. Something on the high seas. Something like a Treasure Island, Robinson Crusoe, kidnapped. Something in that genre. Swiss Family Robinson. I don't think that was a book first. Robinson Crusoe is the one that's really coming to mind first but i don't know when that was published and that doesn't sound like four chapter titles from treasure island those aren't ringing a bell could be it could be it's not moby dick it's way too early for moby dick um i don't think it's kidnapped i'm gonna go with our man on the island robinson crusoe <laughs> and we now turn to our man on the island robinson crusoe with details hi pat uh, well <laughs> <laughs> reporting live from Friday Island. No, uh, Robinson Crusoe is your answer. So you are certainly correct in thinking that this is some sort of uh, wreck. I mean, heck, one of the, one of the chapters is called Wreckage. <laughs> However, you were so quick to say some sort of shipwreck, and Did you I... didn't think spaceship wreck. Oh. The cylinder opens and Martians come out. It is H.G. Wells' classic yep. War of the Worlds. Damn. Womp, womp, womp. And you just don't write chapter titles like What I Saw of the Destruction of Weybridge and Shepperton. <laughs> yeah, but those could have been like crewmates or something. And, you know, it sounded it sounded classical high adventure on the Absolutely. seven seas, you know. Hey, I ain't hating on you. Other than any kind of cylinder. There's a hatch on an island. That's a cylinder. (laughs) And really, you know, H.G. Wells writes the book, and then Orson Wells creates fake news. Fair enough. (laughs) Fake news. Fake news. Aliens did not land in New Jersey. Did not happen. Fake news. (laughs) Well, at least I got to get one question out of four of that round. You deafened (laughs) Grandma, yes. And and the naysayers who said it couldn't be done. Five points. For you in that round, we're going to add those five to the 24 you had coming in. And you are sitting with a very robust 29 points as we head into our final question. No, we're not finished, Nene. One question left. It is our confidence question. Brendan, here's how it works. This is your last chance to try to improve your final score. Only one question is before you. Only one answer is required. I will give you the category, and you must, must wager between one and ten points. Get it right, and I will add it to your score, and happily so. However, Brendan, if you do get it wrong, <laughs> mm, 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 mm. if you do get it wrong, not only will you lose those precious points, sir, but I am going to dress you up tight in a five-timers jacket provided by Bonobos and Fruit of the Loom and then <laughs> set you on fire! Just like Katniss Everdeen in the Hunger Games movie that oh, you Lord. <laughs> So I ask you, 
on a scale of 1 to 10, how confident are you in a category that you provided for me? That's right. Our guests in the hot seat give me a choice of three categories. I select the one that I think is most devious. How confident are you in current U.S. senators? Well, I chose this category because I, uh, you know, work for the federal government and I feel like I know my senators pretty well um, living here in Washington, D.C. So I'm going to give it a half. I'm going to go five points. Right five down. points. Now, wait a second. You work in the federal government. I just just for due diligence here in honor of Ronan Farrow and, of course, our reporter Robinson Caruso in the field. <laughs> You're not the whistleblower, are you? <laughs> no, no, I am not. No, I'm not. All right, no I get, com- I, I, or actually, yeah. sorry, I can neither confirm nor deny any <laughs> active or inactive participation that may or may not have occurred. Fair enough. Uh, I yeah. do also love this category because you said current U.S. senators, which gives you a one in a hundred shot. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> it's probably uh, hope- it's a broad category. So I- All right, sir. Four or five points. Here's your question. Who is the only current member? Of the Senate to have received a pay cut since the year 2009. Wow. Okay. Trying to think of a few. He may have taken a, they may have taken a pay cut on purpose. It may have been forced. Hard to say. Depends on what the pay cut was for. Was there some sort of sanction where they censured and then therefore had to take a pay cut? Some sort of failure to appear? Or judiciary thing or something. Um, feel like this is something obvious that is popping into my head, and I feel like it's something Bernie Sanders would do to try to be more common folk and put himself on the same level as some of the people around him and make himself better than the other senators he's running against and that he uh, is in league with. So, like, he can. Say, hey, I don't make as much as these people. I'm for the people. You know, I'm not a rich person. So I'm going to go with uh, Senator Bernie Sanders. Senator Bernie Sanders is your answer. Yeah, also, could have could have been that uh, perhaps uh, by not belonging to a party, perhaps he, he gets less, but that's not the case either. Well, here's the deal, sir. In 2009, the uh, salary, uh, everybody... Everybody was happy to receive a nice little pay raise in 2009 in the Senate to $174,000 a year. Yeah, they're they're not paupers. <laughs> it has remained frozen since then. There has not been a pay raise in the Senate since then. However, certain uh, members do get a little extra bonus if they are the majority leader or the minority leader or the president pro tem of the Senate, who is basically the most senior member who gets to be in charge when uh, Mike Pence goes somewhere else and doesn't show up for work that day. Once you are president pro tem of the Senate, and then go back to not being pro tem of the Senate, then you lose that. You are supposed to keep that honorarium as your price point. At least that's what was agreed to in 2009. However, in 2015, when... uh, hand switched over in the Senate, and the Republicans took over from the Democrats, the President Pro Tem, for the first time, was kicked back to just regular senator. The Republicans changed the budget and said, nah, you're taking the pay cut. And so, in 2015, when he was kicked from President Pro Tem to President Pro Tem Emeritus, Patrick Leahy of Vermont Ah. not only lost his extra extra cash... But also, they refused to let him hire the extra staff, which he had been promised as well, meaning they, they cost Americans jobs. Hmm. Hmm. 
Hmm. Just mm-hmm. saying. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Patrick Leahy's only comment on the situation was rather disappointing. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, well, my my performance is about rather disappointing too. So yeah, that's kind of what I was thinking. Something in common there. with the fine senator. <laughs> I cannot give you the points. I have to take them away. Cost you five points there. Five points from the twenty-nine leaves you with twenty-four. However, twenty-four points. Hey, that's not not bad. That is nothing to be ashamed of, sir. Look out! There's a cougar behind you, Brendan. It's been a pleasure as always. Is there anything you'd like to plug, pimp, shout out to before I kick yeah. you out, hot seat? If you're interested in, you know, listening to the podcast I mentioned at the beginning of the show with me and Zach Brooks about different TV shows, different movies that are coming out, uh, just keep an eye on my Twitter feed, at FinzyBrendan on Twitter, and uh, I, I have links to all our podcasts posted there, as well as what we might be doing in the future, so stay tuned. That's it. Absolutely. It has been a delight. Thank you so much for jumping in the hot seat. Thank you for being a patron. If you'd like to be a patron out there, hey, you can find us on patreon.com slash beatmyguests. Come and join the party. You can find us on Facebook. We have a Facebook group, Beat My Guests, the fans' hot seat. All are welcome there. That is all for this week. Brendan, get out of the hot seat. Go, go. Just be gone with you. Uh, I, I demote you to hot seat resident emeritus. Uh, <laughs> cost you three more points oh Not no back the extra points can i do that <laughs> eh, whatever uh, thank you all for listening we'll be back next week with another exciting episode until then take care bye bye did you beat our guest or did our guest beat you tell us all about it on twitter at bmg pop also please review and rate us on itunes and if you like what you've heard spread the word this has absolutely not been a mark goodson bill todman production